This is a Faith FM podcast. You're listening to The Faith Experiment with Robbie Bergen, right across Australia, right here on Faith FM. Hello there, and thanks for joining once again. I'm Robbie Bergen, and you're listening to The Faith Experiment. And this is episode number 35, and I'm calling this episode The Certainty of Death. Now, on this episode, I have a great free book to give away. It's called Beyond Death's Door. You know, death is a part of life. It's absolutely certain that we are all going to experience death at some point. But people have been trying to comprehend death for millennia, and nearly every culture known to humanity has put some sort of theory forward as to what happens to a person after death. But who really knows? None of us alive today have experienced death firsthand, so you need to get this book to see what it says. So to get this book, you're going to text today's code word in during the show. You'll get the code word, and you'll text that code word to the Faith Experiment number. The number is 04888-45311. So save this number in your phone right now as the Faith Experiment number. That's 04888-45311, and wait for today's code word. Well, I love hearing from you on The Faith Experiment, and today I would love to hear from you. Where are you listening to The Faith Experiment from? What part of Australia? What part of the world? Let me know. You can text me on 04888-45311, or you can email me on robbie at faithfm.com.au. Now, if you're joining me for the first time, The Faith Experiment is about doing exactly that, experimenting with faith, putting it into practice. And on this show, I have shared with you my own personal journey of how I went from a non-believer to a faith experimenter. And then I took you on a journey through how to enhance your study of these ancient Hebrew and Greek manuscripts. And in the last few episodes, I've started kind of a little mini-series here where I'm basing it on your feedback and your questions. And so on today's episode, I'm continuing this by answering your questions around death. Now, I've been collecting all of your questions since I started the faith experiment, and I have received questions like, is there a connection between COVID-19 and the end of the world? How can I be born again? How was Jesus dying on the cross saving for me? And why do I need to confess my sins to Jesus if he already knows what I've done? I've got other questions like, when do you think the seven-year tribulation is going to start? What's the mark of the beast? And is it the COVID vaccine? What is the rapture? The secret rapture? What's the purpose of tithe? And I have just received so many of these questions. Just scrolling through the list here. Where is hell? What happens when babies die? If God is so good, then why is the world so bad? Well, if you want to add your question to this list of questions, you can text it to me on the Faith Experiment number 04 or you can email me your question on robbie at faithfm.com.au. Now, over the past few episodes, I have been looking at as many questions as I can by digging into the ancient Hebrew and Greek manuscripts to find real answers. I'm not trying to give you my opinion on any of these topics. I'm simply giving you what the facts are based on these ancient manuscripts. And so far, we looked at that question from Eva, who asked the question, how can we be sure that the Bible is actually trustworthy? And we looked at various 
evidences from various viewpoints. We looked at the viewpoint of prophecy, science, archaeology, history, mathematics, and lastly, personal impact. And we saw that from every viewpoint you take, the Bible provides evidence that it is in fact a supernatural book and it's worth our time to experiment with it. And so that's laid the foundation for us to have some confidence as we approach these questions, your questions, and look at the answers according to these manuscripts that they are in fact trustworthy. We've also looked at a bunch of questions that you've asked about prophecy. We saw Rose's question who said, do we miss out on anything if we don't study prophecy as Bible believers? And I share with you that fact that one third of the Bible is actually prophecy. And so if God's gone to all that effort to give us so much prophecy and then we neglect it, we are probably most definitely missing out on something. I looked at a bunch of questions around the signs of the times and the connection between COVID-19 and the end of the world, and then a bunch of questions around the rapture. And we found that in the Bible, the rapture will be a literal thing. It'll be a visible thing, an audible thing, and a global thing or event. And the whole point of the rapture, or the second coming as the Bible actually calls it, is for God to be reunited with his people face to face. And at the rapture, or the second coming, The dead who have hope in Jesus are raised in the first resurrection, and then the living who have their hope in Jesus join the resurrected, and both groups ascend up into the air to meet the Redeemer in the clouds. I then looked at a bunch of questions around guilt and sin and peace, and how the life and death of Jesus actually works in saving us from sin. And then on the last episode, I looked at your questions about the mark of the beast and the COVID vaccine. Now, if you missed any of the previous episodes and you want to catch up with some of the details, go and get the Faith FM app from your app store or go to faithfm.com.au and look under the podcasting section for The Faith Experiment. You can also find The Faith Experiment on all good podcasting platforms, making it super easy for you to keep up to date with The Faith Experiment. You can also follow me, Robbie Bergen, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and you won't miss a thing. So, today's episode, what are we going to explore? We're going to explore the certainty of death. And I'm going to take a bunch of your questions, different questions I have been asked about death. Questions like Vicky's, who asks this. She says... Is there life after death? Vicky. And then there's Alex's question who asks, What happens to babies when they die? And then Gwen asks, What happens to those who are cremated? Do they get raised up in the second coming? And Donna asks, When babies pass away, do they sleep until Jesus comes again? Or do they go straight to the Heavenly Father? And I have a bunch of other questions around this theme of death. And I promise you, It sounds like a bad topic, a sad topic, a depressing topic, but it's actually going to be a very interesting and uplifting topic. So stick around. Well, it's time to take a short break now, but when I come back, I'm going to jump straight into your questions around death. You're listening to The Faith Experiment with Robbie Bergen, right across Australia, right here on Faith FM. Connect with us via text message on 04888-45311. That's 04888-45311. Or send an email to robbie at faithfm.com.au. At the feet of Jesus I will lay my burdens down I will lay my heavy burdens down 
In the stillness, I can hear my Savior calling out. Come to me and lay your burdens down. So I will lay down my struggles and I will lay down my shame and all the fear I drag around through this life like a ball and chain. And I will sing hallelujah to the one who sets me free. You will find me at the feet of Jesus. You will find me at the feet of Jesus. In the arms of Jesus, I will find my peace and rest. I hear Him calling, come to me. Shepherd cradled tightly to his chest. There and there alone, my soul finds rest. So I will rest in the shelter of my Savior's embrace, hidden safely in the refuge of his mercy and his grace. And I will sing. Find me in the arms of Jesus. Faith Experiment with Robbie Bergen, right across Australia, right here on Faith FM. Listen live or listen later. Get the Faith FM app from your app store today. Welcome back to the Faith Experiment. I'm your host, Robbie Bergen, and that was Stephen Chapman with Feet of Jesus. And this is episode 35 of the Faith Experiment, and I'm calling this episode The Certainty of Death. And coming up is the code word for today's free offer. So make sure you stick around. So on this episode, I'm looking at questions you have been asking me about what I'm calling the certainty of death. And once again, some really good questions. So let's get straight into it. Now, I have a bunch of questions on this topic, which are all, again, very similar in nature. So let me just share with you all the questions, and then we'll try and break down the answer from these ancient manuscripts. Okay, so here we go. 
I have a question from Vicky who asks, Hi, Robbie. I have a question. Do you think there is life after death? Love to hear your thoughts, Vicky. And then there's Alex's question who asks, Hi, Robbie. Question. What happens to babies when they die according to your study? And Gwen has texted in this question, which is, What happens to those who are cremated? Do they get raised up at the second coming or not? And Donna asked the question, when babies pass away, do they sleep until Jesus comes or do they go straight home to the Heavenly Father? And one last question from Paul who asks, I know someone who has had a near-death experience and I would love to hear your thoughts on what happened to them. Paul. So first of all, thank you once again to everybody who has taken the time to send in your questions. And I have to say, you know, of all the questions that I receive about what the Bible teaches on any particular subject, the subject of death is probably the most popular topic to be asked questions on. And that's because probably one of the greatest mysteries of life is death. And look, let's face it, death is an absolute certainty. We all know that we're going to die at some point. We don't like to talk about it or think about it, but that's the reality. And I think it was Benjamin Franklin that said, nothing is certain except death and taxes. And, you know, we can all debate about the environment. We can debate about vaccines and sports teams and politics, and we may never agree on any of it. But the one thing we can all agree on is death. That's where we're all heading. And so what happens to people when they die? Where do they go? Is that the end of the journey or is it just the beginning of a journey? Are they completely dead or is there some inner soul that continues to live? You know, throughout the cultures of the world, death is treated very differently. And the way the dead are buried, it varies again, depending on the country and the culture. In the Western world, we tend to sort of go with the whole coffin in an underground grave. That's sort of the typical burial. But, you know, I lived in Taiwan for a number of years, and most of the population there is Buddhists. And the Buddhists there, they almost always perform Cremation. Uh, I attended a number of funerals for Buddhist people when I lived in Taiwan, and they were always a uh, cremation. Now, the Buddhists in Tibet, however, they prefer what they call a sky burial, and this is where the dead are prayed for, and then they're given over to vultures to eat the uh, the carcasses there, which is pretty confronting stuff from a Westerner's perspective, I can tell you right now, but that's just how they do it. And now, if you visit Cairo, if we ever get out of lockdown, you could find, um, as most of you are probably familiar with, that the ancient Egyptians would mummify their pharaohs and they would create these great spirit houses in the form of the Great Pyramids. Or maybe you've seen those Hindu open cremation ceremonies that the Indians perform on the Ganges River, where they literally place the body on a big pile of, of uh, sticks and, and light it. So death and the, the destination of the dead, it does polarize the world. And in the Christian faith, there is even great division in understanding of what happens to those who die. There are those that believe that there is a soul that goes straight to heaven or hell, depending on how good or evil you are. At least that's what they say. And others believe in a place called purgatory. And this is an area of sort of spiritual cleansing that takes place before you go into heaven. And then there's another place called limbo, 
And this is a place for people who are not good enough for heaven, but they're not bad enough for hell. And so there's great variation even within the Christian community. Some of this comes from tradition, some of it comes completely from extra-biblical doctrine, and some of it's from the Bible, and some of it's misrepresented from the Bible. Um, other religions, they have this idea that um, in the afterlife, we, we spend our time in a place called paradise. But for many in the world, there is simply no destination for the dead. We just sort of cease to exist, kind of like we were never here, except what lingers in the memories of our our relatives. Now, on the other hand... Over half of the world believes in reincarnation. And this is the idea where the soul experiences successive lives on planet Earth. The form of that life can either be higher or lower in plane, depending on the moral quality of the life that you're living right now. And I experienced this in a lot of my travels in many parts of Asia. But more and more in the West, we're, we're leaning towards having a deep interest in the supernatural. And many people today claim that they've experienced a near-death experience. And this is where they sort of sense themselves leaving their bodies and entering into a, a sphere of bright light and unexplainable beauty. Now, this is not really surprising since it seems like we've become obsessed with death and escaping it. There are a number of high-rating television programs in the recent years who have taken this idea and popularized it, this idea of crossing over, um, that there's a live communication between the living and the dead, and there are certain individuals that can tap into that. There are Disney movies, there are thousands of, if not millions, of internet sites, there's best-selling books, and, and there's also popular board games that are based on opening up discussion with the dead. And then there are people who claim to have seen apparitions of the dead, whether it be the Virgin Mary or a saint or an aunt or an uncle or grandma, grandpa or brother or sister. And they, they feel encouraged in their faith and it gives them a sense of hope and peace as they encounter their deceased loved ones. And more and more people are visiting mediums, these spirit guides, in the hopes of getting in touch with their loved ones who have passed away. Because after all, we we are built for social relationships. They want their friendships. They want reassurance and support and strength to cope with their emotional heartache and loss. So the question is, is their life after death? What's the soul? What's the spirit? Can we talk to our dead loved ones? And if so, should we even try to? So let's explore these ancient Hebrew and Greek manuscripts, what we call the Bible today, and let's find out exactly what it teaches about death. Because after all, as we've already seen on the faith experiment, these ancient texts have proven their reliability and their credibility. We've looked at the evidence from viewpoints of prophecy and science and archaeology and history and mathematics. We've seen from every viewpoint that you'd want to take that the Bible provides evidence that it is in fact a supernatural book and well worth our time to experiment with. And so, let's find out what the Bible actually teaches about death. Well, sometimes short break now, but when I come back, I'm going to continue looking at these questions on the topic of death. And coming up is the code word for today's great giveaway, the book called Beyond Death's Door. You want to get this book. I'll be right back after this with The Faith Experiment. The Faith Experiment is made possible because of people like you. If you enjoy what we are doing, please consider supporting us by making a donation on our website at faithfm.com.au slash donate. And we live for your glory 
surrender With our eyes fixed on you May our lives bring you glory To serve you in all that we do Enjoy your surrender With our hearts full of praise We sing of your mercy We sing of your love and your to The Faith Experiment with Robbie Bergen, right across Australia, right here on Faith FM. Welcome back to The Faith Experiment. I'm your host, Robbie Bergen, and that was Jaden Levick with Hear Our Song. This is episode 35 of The Faith Experiment. I'm calling this episode The Certainty of Death. And coming up is the code word for the free offer, so stick around. On today's show, I'm answering your questions about the certainty of death. Benjamin Franklin said, nothing is certain except death and taxes. 
And before the break, I shared with you some of the questions I've received on this topic. Questions like Vicky who asks, Hi, Robbie, I have a question. Do you think there is life after death? Love to hear your thoughts, Vicky. And Abby who asks, Do you think we can sense the presence of our loved ones who have died? Now, I shared with you before the break that death, although it is certain, it is polarizing, as most people have their own take on what happens at death and after death. And generally, this helps us cope and makes us feel better about the subject. But since this is the faith experiment, and we're really only interested in facts, because as I always say, facts don't care about your feelings. Let's dig into these ancient manuscripts and see what the facts are about death. Now, before we try to understand death, let's start by first understanding what life is. According to the ancient Hebrew manuscript, which in our English version of the Bible is called Genesis, we are told of the recipe for life. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, this is what the Bible says. It says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. Now, you know, understanding, as I already said, understanding of death begins with the understanding of life. And in this passage, Genesis 2, 7, God miraculously forms humans out of the dust of the ground and then breathes life into them. And the last word in this passage is the word being. And in some other English translations, it actually changes this word out with the word soul because the word being and the word soul can be interchangeable. Now, the story of creation provides us with the best definition for a soul or life in all of the manuscripts. You can think of this as sort of a formula. It's a formula where if you have dust of the ground, that's one thing, and you add the breath of life, that's the second thing, you add those two ingredients together, you get a response or a result, and that result is a living being or a living soul. So if you were asked on an exam, what's the definition of a soul according to the Bible, your answer would be a soul is the result of combining dust or a body plus breath. That means you, you who are listening right now, you are a soul. You don't have a soul. You are a soul. You see, God doesn't put a soul into Adam. He puts breath, the breath of life into him, and then he becomes a living soul. You can think of it this way. If you have, let's say, a light bulb and you add electricity to the light bulb, you have light. If you disconnect the electrical plug, the light ceases to exist. The light doesn't travel back through the wires to Ergon or whoever your electrical provider is. It it simply doesn't exist anymore. In the same way, if you take the breath of God from the body, there's no more soul because the soul is the result of the breath and the body together. Now, here's another example of you for those of you who uh, love woodwork. If you take a bunch of wooden boards and a handful of nails and you drive those nails into those boards and make a box, instead of having nails and wood, now you have nails, wood, and a box. But if you remove those nails, where does the box go? There's no box anymore. You only have the nails and the wood. And so once again, in the same way, if you remove the breath of God from the soul, the soul ceases to exist because the soul is the result of the body and the breath. Okay, so I think that's pretty clear, right? According to the Bible, a soul is the combination of a body and breath. Remove the breath, you have 
no soul. So now that we know what life is, what do these ancient manuscripts teach about death then? Well, from the oldest narratives in these ancient manuscripts, we find this really interesting phrase used. We first find it in Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 16, and it's speaking about Moses. This is what it says. It says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Behold, you shall sleep with your fathers. And then we see this phrase, sleep with your fathers, repeated over and over and over again. We see it in the book of Job, the book of Psalms, the book of Samuel, the book of Kings, and various other books in the Old Testament. Now, this term, sleep with your fathers, this word sleep is used to describe death. In Job chapter 7, verse 21, Job, speaking of his pending death, this is what he says. He says, for now I shall sleep in the dust. And you shall seek me in the morning, but I shall not be. So Job's alluding to the fact that when he dies, he will sleep in the dust and he will no longer be found. He will have no existence. He shall not be. Now, even in the Greek New Testament, Jesus refers to death as a sleep as well. In the book of John, in chapter 11, Jesus is telling his disciples that his friend Lazarus is dead. But notice how Jesus speaks of death. In verse 11, Jesus says to them, the disciples, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought he was speaking about taking rest in sleep. And I love this next verse. It's so clear in verse 14 of John chapter 11. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. So I want you to notice two things so far. Number one, life is the combination of having a body and breath. Those two things combined equals a living soul. And a living soul, look in the mirror. You're looking at one. And the second thing I want you to notice is this, that the Bible uses the term sleep to describe death. All the way from the Old Testament right through to the New Testament, all of the prophets and Jesus himself equate death and sleep as an interchangeable term. All right. So the next logical question then is, can a soul die? Some people are confused about this, like the ancient Greek philosophers who taught this concept that humans possessed a soul. Not that they were a soul, but they possessed a soul. And it was this soul that was sort of immortal and lived beyond death. But so far, we've seen we don't possess a soul, according to these ancient manuscripts, because we are the soul. And so the question is, can a soul die? The answer is very, very clear in the Hebrew manuscript called Ezekiel. So in Ezekiel chapter 18 and verse 4, this is what we're told. This is God speaking, and it says this, Behold, all souls are mine. Now we've seen souls represent people. So he's saying all people are mine, all souls are mine. It says the soul of the Father as well as the soul of the Son is mine. And then it says this, this is Ezekiel 18 verse 4, The soul who sins shall die. Now, we already know that we have all sinned, and we already know that we are all souls, living souls. And so this text is very clear that the soul or the person who sins, which is everyone, shall die. So absolutely, souls die. Souls don't live. 
beyond death. Now, this makes perfect sense because, as we've seen, if the breath leaves the body, the soul dies because, again, the soul is us. We are the living soul. Now, what about this idea of the soul being immortal? Well, we've already seen that the soul, that it can die, which by default means it's not immortal. But listen to this passage in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 16. Paul's speaking of God and says, God alone has immortality. So let me ask you this. If God alone has immortality, then do you have immortality? Does any part of you have immortality? Does any other creature or uh, thing have immortality? Absolutely not. If he is, if God is the only one that has immortality, then we don't. We don't have immortality. The soul doesn't have immortality. And then to be even clearer, Paul says in Romans chapter 2, verse 7, he says, continue in doing good. Seek for glory, honor, and immortality. Did you notice that Paul says first, only God is immortal. And then he says that we are to seek for immortality. If we're seeking for something, it means that we currently don't have it. So when do we receive this immortality then? Because we are clear that immortality is a thing that we will have at some point. So again, Paul tells us the answer to this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Starting in verse 51, Paul writes this to the church at Corinth. He writes, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. Now remember, sleep means death, right? He continues, But we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead, that's those who are asleep, will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So notice this. Paul is saying it's at the last trumpet. And this is the language of the second coming of Jesus. It's the at the second coming of Jesus that we shall be changed and then we shall put on immortality. So immortality, remember only God currently has it. We're currently seeking for it and we only get it at the second coming or the last trumpet. So, there is no such thing, based on these biblical manuscripts, of an immortal soul. All souls die because all people who are the souls, all people die. That's the certainty of death. And this death is called sleep. Now, why? Why is it death called sleep? Well, because you always wake up from a sleep. That's what makes it a sleep. And this waking up is what the Bible calls the resurrection or the waking up from the sleep of death. And it's at that point that we receive immortality. Okay, so now we know what life is. It's the combination of a body and breath. And those two things make a living soul. That's us. Now, that soul, us, we shall die. It's certain. And when we do, that's called a sleep. We don't have an immortal body or an immortal soul because currently only God has that and we're seeking for it, and we put on immortality at the second coming when we are woken up from the sleep of death. Okay, well, I hope I hope that makes sense so far. Now, I've prepared a little infographic for this because I'm a visual person, and I'm sure most of you are visual, and it's a bit of a handicap not being able to communicate visually to you, but I have prepared an infographic for you to sort of illustrate these concepts. If you like to get a visual 
or get this infographic right now on your phone. All you need to do is pick up your phone, put in the number 04888 That's the Faith Experiment phone number. And then text this code word exactly as I describe it. Hash or the pound key. Hash, that symbol, followed by F-E, no spaces in any of this, one word, right? It's a hashtag. Hash, F-E, Faith Experiment, 3535-INFO, I-N-F-O. One one word, no spaces, hash, F-E, 35-INFO. Text that to the Faith Experiment number, 04-888-45311, and the Faith FM uh, SMS bot will reply to you right away with the link to today's infographic right there on your phone. You'll be able to see visually sort of what I'm trying to communicate here. All right. So now that we understand the framework of life, uh, idea behind what a soul is, what a soul is not, what death is, what sleep is, biblically speaking, in terms of death and immortality and the lack of it, let's actually talk now about the process of death or the event of death. So what happens when a person dies according to these manuscripts? Well, in the Hebrew book of Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament, in chapter 12, verse 7, we are given this information. It says, Then the dust, speaking of death, then the dust will return to the earth as it was, and the breath will return to God who gave it. So notice this. This is not really rocket science. At death, the body returns to the earth as it was, and the breath will return to God who gave it. Now, this is just the reversal of what we saw in creation. And we experience this reversal all the time. You know, I grew up on a farm in Queensland, and I remember we had chickens. And I remember the joy of seeing these eggs hatching as a little kid and taking care of these little chickens and watching them every day as they grow up into chickens. But inevitably, if you've ever had chickens or lived on a farm, inevitably chickens die. And uh, when they die, their body's there, but they're breathless. The breath is gone. There's just nothing there anymore. It's just an empty body. And so we would take these these dead chickens and would throw them on the compost pile, their, their carcasses. And every day you'd walk by, and of course, as a kid, you're curious. And so you go there with a stick and you'd start scratching around in the compost pile to see what was happening to these dead chickens, and you would notice day after day after day, the body would slowly decompose and it would return back to dust like it had never existed. And so we all understand this principle. A body without breath in it will eventually decay and return back to the dust, exactly what these ancient manuscripts have taught for thousands of years. But now what about the emotional part of us, our conscience, our our thoughts and our feelings. What happens to that when we die? Well, in the same Hebrew book of the um, Old Testament, Ecclesiastes, in chapter 9 and verse 5, this is what we read. It says, For the living know that they will die. That's the certainty of death. But the dead know nothing. They have no more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Also their love, their hatred, their envy have all now perished. Nevermore will they have a share in anything that is done under the sun. And so we see, according to these manuscripts, that at death, all of our emotions and feelings, they cease to exist. A dead person can't comfort the living or return any sort of sympathies or love back to the living because they don't have it. Biblically speaking, our emotional-centered state 
doesn't exist after death. All the feelings are gone. But what about our conscience or our thoughts? What happens to those at death? Well, according to the Hebrew Old Testament book of Psalms, in chapter 146 and verse 4, it says this. At death, it says, His breath departs. He returns to the earth. In that very day, his plans perish. And then in Psalm 115, David even states that the dead do not praise the Lord, nor any who go down into the grave. Now, that's pretty clear, right? I mean, the dead don't praise the Lord. Now, you'd think that if people went right to heaven after they died, they'd be praising the Lord, right? Well, the reason they're not praising the Lord is because, as we've seen, at death, the body goes back to the ground, the breath leaves the body, and we go into a state that is biblically called sleep. Now, I'm sure for some of you, this is a bit confronting because you've probably been told or you've you've thought that, you know, grandma who passed away is up there praising the Lord in heaven right now. And you might be wondering, well, does this mean that the good people don't go to heaven at death? Well, listen to what the apostle Peter taught in Acts chapter 2 verse 29. He said, men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David. He is both dead and buried and his tomb is with us to this day. For David did not ascend into the heavens. Now that's pretty clear, right? I mean, I know it goes against everything that a lot of mainstream Christianity thinks, but it's not based on facts. And remember, facts don't care about your feelings. You might feel like your loved one is in heaven. Like when my grandfather and my I got two grandfathers and two grandmothers that have all passed away, it might be comforting to think of them as being in heaven, praising the Lord, playing their harps and looking down at me and, and, and smiling and all that good stuff. But that simply just isn't the facts. These ancient manuscripts teach very clearly that this man, David, who God described as someone worthy of heaven, after all, he said he's a man after my own heart. The Apostle Peter says clearly, some thousand years after David's death, that categorically he states that David is not in heaven and he is still in his tomb resting until the second coming, which is when he shall awake. As we've seen, that's when he puts on immortality. So what about reincarnation? Now, I found this really interesting that there was a research study done by Monash University here in Australia who looked at Generation Y, and they found that half of Australian young people believe in reincarnation. But I want you to notice what these ancient manuscripts of the Bible actually teaches in the book of Hebrews in the New Testament, chapter 9, verse 27. It says this, it says, And as it is appointed for men to die once... But after that, the judgment. The Bible the Bible's pretty clear here that we die once. We don't live and die over and over again. Well, it's not a short break now, but when I come back, I'm going to continue looking at these questions on the topic of death. And coming up is the code word for today's great giveaway. I'll be right back after this with The Faith Experiment. If you have enjoyed this episode of The Faith Experiment, please help us get the word out by sharing our podcast with your friends and family. And don't forget to like us on Facebook. The blood of 
with Robbie Bergen, right here on Faith FM. Welcome back to The Faith Experiment. I'm your host, Robbie Bergen, and that was Jaden Levick with Nothing But the Blood of Jesus. This is episode 35 of The Faith Experiment, and I'm calling this episode The Certainty of Death. And coming up very shortly is the code word for today's great free offer, a wonderful little book. It really is an excellent book on this topic of death. It's called Beyond Death's Door. So stick around. 
So on today's show, I'm answering your questions about death. Now, we've seen that death and taxes are the only certainties we have, at least according to Benjamin Franklin. And before the break, we looked at what the Bible actually teaches about death. And we've seen that death is the reversal of creation. And we saw at creation that when a body is combined with breath, it creates a living soul. That's us. It's not something we get, it's who we are. And then we saw that at death, the breath leaves the body and the body returns to dust. And that's the process called death of a soul, the death of a person, which the Bible calls over and over again or describes over and over again asleep. We've also seen that we are not immortal. There is no part of us that is immortal because only God is immortal, according to the Bible. But we are seeking for immortality, according to the Bible, and we receive that immortality at the second coming of Jesus. And interestingly, this is why death is called a sleep, because at some point we wake up from the sleep, and this waking up is known as the resurrection. Now, we also saw that when someone is in the death state or the sleep state, they have no thoughts, they have no feelings, they have no plans, and we're even told they don't even praise the Lord when they're dead. We also saw how that even the good don't go right to heaven at death, as the Apostle Peter taught that King David, a man after God's own heart, did not ascend into heaven at death, but rather he went to sleep with his fathers and he remained buried in his tomb to this day, waiting for that resurrection. So now that we've been through these manuscripts and we've looked at what they actually teach about death, let's go again and look back at these questions that I have received on this topic. So there was Vicky's text, which asked, Hi, Robbie, I have a question. Do you think there is life after death? Love to hear your thoughts, Vicky. Well, Vicky, thank you for your question. Based on what we've found out today, looking at these ancient manuscripts, I think it's very clear that at death, Everything stops, it ceases, it pauses until the day of the resurrection. So is there life beyond the moment of death? It appears biblically, no. But is there hope after death? Absolutely, that's the resurrection. Okay, so next there was the question I got from Alex. Alex asks, hi Robbie, question, what happens to babies when they die according to your study? Well, Alex, as sad as it is when a baby dies when anybody dies for that matter. The same thing that happens to a baby at death is the same thing that happens to the rest of us. They're all, they're a soul, we're a soul until we die. And when we die, the breath leaves the body, the body returns to the dust, and the soul no longer exists. And then they are in that state of sleep or state of death until the resurrection when they are woken up and receive immortality like the rest of those who are dead. So thank you for your question, Alex. I hope that makes sense. Then I had the question from Gwen who texted in, what happens to those who were cremated? Do they get raised up at the second coming or not? Well, thanks, Gwen. That's a great question. And I have had this question a number of times in the past. People really have a lot of questions around cremation. But the answer is really simple. Absolutely. There's no discrimination from God's point of view regarding that you can only be resurrected if you died a certain way. In fact, there were many faithful martyrs who were burned at the stake or cremated who will most definitely be in the resurrection we have um we have confidence of that based on things like the book of hebrews chapter 11 book of revelation chapter 14 so thank you gwen for your question cremated people they do get resurrected as well and then there's donna's question who asks when babies pass away do they fall asleep until jesus comes again or do they go straight home to the heavenly father well donna i think we've seen that they rest or sleep the sleep of death until the resurrection and i think it's clear that babies in fact nobody goes straight to heaven at death. They're all waiting for the second coming. Next was Abby's question who asks, 
Do you think we can sense the presence of our loved ones who have died? Well, thanks, Abby, for your question. And look, before I answer the question, I think I think it's important to acknowledge that people attach a lot of emotion to their beliefs in regards to questions like these, because that's somehow how we cope and how we deal with the passing of a loved one. But if we're interested in the facts and not based on what we feel, the facts based on these ancient manuscripts, which I believe have have compelling evidence to suggest that they are of a supernatural origin, the facts of these manuscripts, I think, are very clear that our loved ones who have passed away are, in fact, sleeping and they're waiting for the resurrection. And we've seen from these ancient manuscripts that in that state of death sleep, they don't have feelings and they don't have thoughts beyond that moment of death. And I know it might seem nice to think that your loved one is walking around your house and comforting you, but that's just not what these manuscripts teach. And in fact, in the book of Deuteronomy in chapter 18, God actually makes repeated warnings to his people to stay away from any association with these mediums or these spirit guides who are trying to contact these familiar spirits. Now, it's understandable why people want to contact their loved ones. I get it. Because we all know that just a word of encouragement brings us comfort and hope, and even more so when we're in a a state of hurt. So why is God so definite in his opposition to us consulting with the dead? Well, because it's impossible to talk to the dead. Because as we've seen, the dead are asleep. They're silent. They have no thoughts. They have no feelings. They are, as the Bible says, they they are not. So why is it so dangerous then to try and contact the dead? Well, it's because we are opening ourselves up to an unseen supernatural force, which is intent on cruel deception. The Bible is clear. It's impossible for a dead person to talk. You see, any contact with the so-called dead is in reality a contact with an evil spirit. That's why this practice is such an abomination to the Lord. Now, some people say, well, I've contacted my loved one through a medium and through a spirit guide, and and they knew things that nobody else on earth would know except for my loved one who passed away. Well, of course, evil spirits have seen everything that your loved one has ever done. They know how they talk. They knew how they dressed. They knew their, their secrets. They knew everything about them. And so you're not getting information directly from your loved one because your loved one is not. They have no feelings, no thoughts, as the manuscripts teach. But this information you're getting is secondhand. But with this information comes deception because you're in an emotional state and you have heard this information and you've identified with what the, the, the information that was provided. And based on that, you accept everything else that comes. And so God makes the point, do not mess around with this whole idea of contacting the so-called dead. Okay, now one last question here. It's from Paul, and Paul asked the question, I know someone who has had a near-death experience. I would love to hear your thoughts on what happened to them, Paul. Well, Paul, let me just say this. I am not a medical doctor, nor am I a neurosurgeon. And to be honest, we still don't understand all the chemical and biological events that take place at the point of death. But it seems like there are some common things that happen to people as they face that moment of death. And as you'd be aware, there's all these descriptions of there are bright lights and there are flashbacks of life memories or future flash forwards. There's a sense of being above the body. These are all common reports that we hear on this subject of near death. And I have no reason to doubt that people experience neurological and biological anomalies as their bodies are near that point of death. But that's all it is. 
it's a near-death experience. It's not a death experience. Now, some argue that they're being clinically dead for 15 minutes or 10 minutes or 20 minutes or 30 minutes, whatever it is. But however you look at it, they're not dead. So it's a near-death experience. But let me just be clear. Based on the evidence from these ancient manuscripts, which I believe are demonstrable to be of a supernatural origin, it's clear that death is an unconscious state until the resurrection. There's no drifting from one side to the other side, from the, the afterlife to the, to the current life. There's, there is none of that. The scriptures simply do not teach that. Now, after it's all said and done... Why do the scriptures go to the trouble of providing all of these insights and issue all of these warnings? Well, there's really two reasons. One, comfort. And two, hope. We have comfort in knowing that there is no strange unknown waiting for us at death. We're assured that we will rest in our grave until the second coming. In fact, that is exactly how Revelation chapter 14 verse 13 puts it. It says this, Then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Write, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works will follow them. There's nothing to fear in death. Now it's sad and sorrowful for us who are left behind. Don't get me wrong, death is not some whimsical thing. But we have comfort in knowing what awaits us and what our loved ones are experiencing. And number two, we have hope. Death is not a final destination. It's not the absolute end. It's merely a disruption. The scriptures give us hope that there is a resurrection for the dead. The dead will live again. And our blessed hope, as the Apostle Paul calls it, is the second coming of Jesus and the resurrection. Now, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I have this great book called Beyond Death's Door. This book examines the Bible and the science for the truth about the afterlife and discovers that one of the first lies told to humanity has been taught as a gospel truth for thousands of years. This book is the perfect help to dig deeper into today's topic, so you have to get this book. Now, if you want to get today's free offer, you need to text today's code word. The code word for today is hash, F-E-3-5. All one word, no spaces. That's hash, the hash symbol or the pound symbol, followed by F-E for faith experiment and number 35 for episode 35. That's hash, F-E-3-5. Text that code word, nothing else, to 4 That's 4 And the Faith FM giveaway bot will reply asking for your details. So text the code word hash FE35 to 0488845311 and we will get this book out to you as soon as possible. Well, that's all for now. I'll catch you next week at the same time right here on Faith FM for the next episode of The Faith Experiment. I'll see you then. You have been listening to The Faith Experiment with Robbie Bergen. Connect with us via text message on 0488 453 That's 0488 453 Or send an email to robbie at faithfm.com.au and let us know what you thought of this episode. 